0: All right. Well, hey, Aaron, how was uh, another fun week of college sports? How was your week? Great week. It was a really busy week, I thought. Um, just, you know, bowl season's going on, football signing
1: day, several schools had some issues uh, that we'll talk about. So it's really, tis
0: the season for a busy time of year. All right. So the first issue, as you as you said, there was, there was a number of issues that came up this week. Yeah. And the first issue was with the University of Houston. Now, there are, of course, the I
1: think Houston. I do know this. It's it's probably the Aggies or
0: Jaguars. No, they're the Cougars. Yeah, they're Cougars. the Cougars. I knew there was
1: somewhere some cat of some yeah, sort. Houston Cougars. I bet you in their stadium when they do anything there's a wow.
0: That's right. That's yeah. right. They're yeah. very. It's a great sound. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, so they uh, they got their program got dinged this week. Yeah. Because uh, it was found out that there was a a tutor who is writing, who's being hired by football players to write papers on their behalf. It's just two football players. They had to vacate three wins. That's their penalty. The University of Houston had to vacate three wins from the 2018 season. So tutors, this issue keeps coming up. Yeah. It's a
1: common issue. And we talked about it in the previous weeks, previous podcasts. And we talked about if a school contacted us, what would we recommend? What would we do? A weak link in compliance is tutors because you have to become eligible by passing classes. And it's very tempting to a student athlete to pay somebody (coughs) or or cheat or ask somebody else to write papers for them because it's time consuming. It's difficult. You have a, a ready made tutor there. And the tutor thinks, yeah, I can help this athlete. I can make a little money. This makes sense. I'm doing this. Well, if a tutor, if you have those right checks and balances in place, it probably wouldn't happen. If you really came down hard on the student athletes and the tutors and had some checks and balances, it doesn't mean it would never happen, but here are the consequences. I mean, look how embarrassing this is. And they're vacating wins, right? Um, and they're having an issue and they're filing a violation. Um, so you've got to get on top, uh, on top of your tutors and make sure that they know the rules, the student athlete know the rules, and you have policies in place as much as practicable, To prevent this sort of issue,
0: yeah, this was a level two violation. Yeah, which is which is a little higher, a little higher than your normal than your smaller issue, Mm -hmm. and yeah, vacating three wins. That was Houston's request to vacate those three three wins, and the NCA agreed.
1: Yeah, they sort of recommended, and we talked about that before. You can recommend penalties to the NCA. The NCA can accept them, decline them, enhance them. They accepted them. That's reasonable, but you can see it's significant. I mean, it's embarrassing. You lost those games. Little asterisk goes by those games. Um, calls them to question some of their policies and procedures in Houston. My prediction is Houston has two or three people in compliance. Probably I don't know that for sure, but it's probably a small staff. I don't know how much they can actually get out there and educate all these people um, and have the policies and
0: procedures in place, but they need to get on top of it. And here's what can happen. Absolutely. All right. Well, that was that was the first one. I felt pretty. That's a that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's let's. Um, so now the second issue that this came up, this is a level three violation, and this is with uh, Duke and yeah. Coach K. Yeah. Um, now yeah. this was this hap- actually happened a little over a month ago, and here's what we know: <laughs> during a press conference after a game against Colorado State, mm-hmm. uh, Duke Coach K uh, ended, was talking about a recruit that had not yet signed mm-hmm. a national level, letter of intent to play with Duke. Yeah. And he mentioned the kid's name, in the NCA sounds like Deuce self-reported, the NCA caught him, and basically kind of give him a little slap on the wrist, no real penalty. They just can't – there's some recruiting con- contacts that, yeah. that they can't make. Yeah. So, okay, so we had the same issue with Juwan Howard, right? Oh, yeah. Juwan Howard is a brand-new coach, and he yeah. kind of – we kind of chalked it up to – Yeah, didn't really know 20. the rules, forgot the rules. Right, but now we got Coach K, who's a seasoned veteran, to say the least.
1: Yeah. You know, mistakes happen. People can pocket dial kids they're not supposed to. They can make inadvertence errors. This happens, right? And I believe Coach K didn't do this on purpose, had a slip of the tongue. Things can happen. But it's a good reminder to get in front of your staff, and hopefully Duke did this, right before he, he talks about recruits, and do it regularly. Like, hey, remember, Coach? Just careful not to talk about any recruits that are unsigned. Just pop it in the coach's mind because they get going 100 miles an hour and they're going to forget about things that they need to do and not do, even if they're seasoned vets like Coach K. And so you got to constantly pound that rules education to the coach over and over and over to make sure it's on the top of their mind, tip their tongue. Okay, I got to be careful with this. And to prevent things like this. Now, Coach K probably gets the benefit of the doubt from the NCAA. He's self-reported quickly. He's a coach that's been around forever, knows the rules. He's a big name in basketball. But he burns a little bit of goodwill, right? Because let's say he does this again uh, three months from now. The NCAA might say, hey, we just we just dealt with you on this issue. Now we're going to be a little more harsh on you because you kind of screwed up. So you just want to be careful. And look at the national news it made, too. So it's kind of embarrassing to do. It's kind of embarrassing to Coach K. It's not a huge deal. But those little mistakes can add up. Right. So you gotta be really careful about that. It's funny, these things keep coming up, are things we're taught we've talked about here over the last month or so in our podcast. You know, inadvertent publicity of an unsigned recruit. You can't talk about unsigned recruits, you can't name them. Um, and talk about, hey, I think this person's gonna sign here, or we plan on this person to sign here, they're gonna sign here. You can't do that. We talked about that with Juwan Howard. You gotta get in front of your experienced coaches just as much as your new coaches. Don't assume all the coaches are gonna remember all the rules or that they're gonna follow the rules that they even know. And so, but not a big deal. Duke, Duke will move on from this. Not a big deal. It became news because it's Duke and it's Coach K. But mistakes happen, even with the best coaches. Yeah, yeah. and this was a level three violation. Yeah, which is considered a minor violation. They're going to slap on the wrist. Hey, maybe you can't contact the kid for a couple of weeks or you lose a few recruiting opportunities or something like that. But it still hurts. They're going to ding them, but they're going to lose a little bit of goodwill. So now he can't make this mistake again, or they're going to probably come down on him a little harder yeah.
0: All right. So now the last thing that, and this just happened this week, uh, two different drug issues with different, you know, meaning marijuana. Yeah. Uh, in this case, uh, both both two different schools, Oklahoma and Utah State. Yeah. But very differing uh, penalties against the kids. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So first, here's what we know about Oklahoma: three players, uh, I, one of their stars, Ronnie Perkins. Backup running back, and then also a true freshman are suspended because they tested positive for uh, marijuana, and the NCA dinged them and they said, you know what, you're suspended. Um, and so again, we, and we, uh, this is something we've talked about as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it sounds like this mm-hmm. was a test that was done before they started doing bowl yeah. practices. Mm-hmm. Is that common for the NCA to do something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And we
1: kind of talked about that before is a common time that, especially if you're in a high profile bowl, the NCAA is coming in almost every single time with football and they're going to test you for drugs, all your players for drugs, including, uh, marijuana in most cases, uh, before the bowl happens. And this happens over and over. Darren Carrington with Oregon had this happen where he's held out of the national championship, uh, It happens over and over and over with student-athletes. And we used to use this when I was at USC, these examples as rules education. We put them up on a video board in front of 100 kids, say, look, do you guys know these players? We played against these players. Have you heard this story? Don't let this be you. Don't let this be you because just plan that they're going to test you. And maybe a lot of you like smoking weed. And maybe some of you make an argument that it's legal where you're at. Uh, But it doesn't matter. The NCAA, it's not whether it's legal or not in the NCAA's eyes. It's whether it's banned or not. And it is a banned substance. They're going to test for it, and you're going to hurt yourself, and you're going to hurt your team, and you're going to embarrass your school, embarrass your family, and the whole thing. I mean, imagine these kids. What if Oklahoma now loses a close playoff game, and those knuckleheads that, that made this mistake um, have no one to blame but themselves. But imagine if they had played and had won that close game and went to the national championship. I mean, for the rest of your life, honestly, you're going to remember that. That's a big mistake. So what I recommend and what we used to do at USC Get in front of the student athletes. You have to harp on the 8, 10, 12 main issues that we talk about all the time. Outside trainers, drug testing, recruiting issues, benefits. There's like 8 to 12 main issues that football players always get in trouble with. This is one of them. So you need to harp on it all the time, over and over and over, where everyone in the room almost laughs and like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know. But you need to do it because you need to do it timely. Like December 1st, or right after the last regular season game. So it's fresh in their mind. Hey, if you guys are smoking weed, you better stop right now. They're going to test you. You're going to test positive. Sure enough, that's what Oklahoma
0: did. The NCAA came in, test them. They're positive. They're sitting out. And here we are. Well, now Oklahoma is appealing. it. So we'll, we'll find out yeah. if, if the NCAA upholds the, the ban. Uh, but they it was their first positive test for these kids. It looks like if they get found again, they're out for a full year. For the first time it's just fifty percent of the season, but the season's
1: basically over. Yeah, season's over. the The second positive drug test and in, in it's permanent ineligibility. And so here, here's what's going to happen. The NCAA, by the way, rarely grants appeals to drug tests. The appeal is like it wasn't conducted correctly, or they had it wrong, it was mislabeled, it wasn't you, things like that. But if it just turns out, yeah, it was me, and yeah, I was, but but Mia culpa. NCA is going to say, no, it was it was clear. You shouldn't have had it on you. I mean, I I rarely if ever, have ever seen an appeal successful when it's not one of those like, oh, we didn't do the test right. Or, oh, oops, we had the wrong guy. It wasn't me. That's happened before, you know, rarely. But if it's just, yeah, it was me. Yeah, I was smoking weed, but I didn't know. I got confused. NCA is going to say, sorry, you know, because Here's the problem. Think about it. If the NCA says, we get it. We're going to be, we're going to be light on you. Then pretty much they're going to get that from everybody all of a sudden. So you got to hold that line. You right. Compare
0: us for Oklahoma. Why can't you do that for us? Yeah.
1: And that's what happens. So, so there, there, of course you file an appeal cause there's really no reason not to. It might be like if you're appealing a loss in a worker's comp case or something and you go to the board and you're, you're appealing it. does it cost you to appeal it and you figure out oh, there's some merit to it. Let's
0: try it. But more than likely it's going to fail. Well, so now, uh, this is what happened in Oklahoma. Now yeah. at Utah State, three Utah State players, including their starting quarterback, Jordan Love, yeah. were, were arrested for having possession of marijuana. Yeah. Did not test positive. They have not I don't we don't even know if they've been tested. Maybe yeah. may, may they may have. I don't we don't know. Yeah. But um, those three kids are playing in their bowl game, which yeah. is tomorrow night. So compare those two situations. So we've got three kids who get dinged by yeah. the NCA at Oklahoma huge school, huge game. They're out potentially
1: mm-hmm.
0: Utah state allowed in. No problem. Yeah. Even though they are criminal charges. Yeah. And so what's the difference?
1: Yeah. So the difference is, so the NCAA is not a criminal entity. And so they don't necessarily regulate crimes. It's like if somebody gets a DUI, let's say that's an NCAA violation, you know, or if somebody shoplifts at the local Walmart, not a violation possession of drugs, not a violation. They're regulating what you ingest. And that they have to conduct the test or the school conducts the test and you test positive. Otherwise, they don't really have any jurisdiction. So the NCAA is saying, well, you know what? Yeah, you possessed it. We didn't get a test that has you testing positive for it so that we don't have any jurisdiction so you can play. The other kids, NCAA test comes in. It's in your body. We have jurisdiction. Not eligible. That's really the difference here. Wow. All right. Well, the moral of the story. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Yeah. And, and don't, and for the student athletes that are watching this or listening, it does not matter if something is legal or not. The NC does not judge if something's legal or not. If it's, if it's, all that matters is if it's banned or not. Well, steroids are legal. Yes, yeah, steroids are legal. Caffeine is legal. Marijuana is legal in a lot of states. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. People always confuse that. it's legal. It doesn't matter. The NC is not regulating things legal or not, it's banned or not. Okay. And, and, and marijuana is banned. So, don't smoke weed if you're a Division I athlete. You're probably going to embarrass yourself and your team. All
0: right. Well, uh, our next segment is going to be uh, a rules ed section as we've done in the last yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, and again, once again, this rule ed, ed section is brought to us by Welch, Burn, and Green Law Firm. All right. So, what kind of law does Welch, Burn, and Green practice?
1: They do personal injury, workers' compensation, social security, uh, like disability, that sort of thing, and then also collegiate sports law.
0: All right. And what kind of things could we do for a college or a collegiate, whether it be a college, university, or a collegiate player? What can we do? What kind of things can we do for those potential clients? Yeah,
1: I mean, everything from appealing scholarship reductions to anything the compliance office is going to do, uh, initial eligibility, um, waivers, investigations, that sort of thing. So if you have any needs or interest in that, they can contact our law firm and their consulting services for a fee and we can uh, structure whatever their needs are and tailor our agreement and then, and get working on it. And how do they contact us? Yeah, and call us directly at 503-221-0870 and just ask for Aaron or Spencer, or uh, they can email us. What's our
0: email? Well, I, I, mine is Kelly at com, and yours is? Yes, yeah, Price at wbgattty.com.
1: You can also email us at the show. Yeah, at the show, which is uh, college sports attorneys at gmail.com. Yeah, they can find us on YouTube, listen on Spotify, find our law firm, we in Portland, Oregon. So, there's a lot of different ways to get a hold of us. All right.
0: All right, well, uh, here we are, uh, once again, in a, a rules-ed situation. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So now yesterday was a pretty big day for a lot of uh, universities, uh, D1 athletes. Yeah. Uh, what was yesterday? So, yeah, so December 18th
1: uh, through the 20th. So by the time the listeners watch this, it might be a day or two old, but the, it was signing day, early signing day for football, which is now, I think, three years into it. Um, and So it's the first opportunity for collegi- uh, college seniors in football to sign.
0: All right, and and one thing I've been thinking about a lot, especially during um, these early signing period, is I've seen a lot of football players and basketball players reclassify. So, and I was curious about the kind of the not only the idea behind reclassification, but yeah. also the steps and procedures about how that's done. Yeah, uh, it seems like it's a complicated process. I mean, you got kids who are graduating early, right? So you come in. So I guess the first question is if someone's reclassifying, what does that mean? Yeah. So basically the idea there is you're going to graduate
1: high school a year early. So let's say you're a class of 2021, but you're going to try to finish up by 2020, get all of high school done, graduate. And then basically you've only spent freshman, sophomore, junior year in high school. And then what should be your senior year is going to be your first year at that college. So reclassifying meaning you're changing the year of your graduation. You're basically graduating a year early.
0: And uh, that's kind of what it is that's the, in, in, a, in a basic nutshell. Okay. So so let's say I, I'm a student athlete and I want to reclassify. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm getting recruited by a school and I say to the school, hey, I'd like to reclassify. I'd like to be part of the class of 2020 mm-hmm. rather than the class of 2021. Mm-hmm. Is that something that I let them know while I'm being recruited? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so how, how does that process go?
1: Yeah. So if you're a student athlete, you're going to want to do that because basically here's here's the deal, right? The coach can now think, oh, we can sign this person early. We got, you got to make sure you change it with the eligibility center, the initial eligibility center. You have an online profile. Make sure they're aware that you've reclassified and you're going up a year early now. Um so when they get added now to the institutional IRL for the school, you want to move them from 2021 uh, or from the 21 year to 20. Make sure that they're there now. They're being classified into the right year. So you got to make sure all the checks and balances, all the paperwork, with the NCA and the eligibility center is set up correctly. Let everybody know what you're doing. Then you got to get with your high school. Make sure you have permission from your high school to graduate early. I mean, some high schools, maybe they don't let you do it. I don't I don't know. They might say, well, no. We're not going to let you graduate high school in three years. It's going to be over four. Sorry, you know, but I would imagine most would let you do that. So make sure you get approval from your school principal, counselor, that sort of thing. Then you're going to have to map out a course because there's two things you got to remember. It's not just graduating high school in three. You have to graduate high school get your high school diploma, but you also have to meet all the NCA core courses in three years as opposed to four years. That's really difficult to do, um, you know, because think about now you need four years of English in three years. You need three years of math in the three years um that sort of thing so you got to map that out with your school to make sure that you can complete all your high school prep requirements and your NCAA core course requirements uh basically after your junior year and then you can sign as if you're a senior and then start um, we had this happen at USC JT Daniels is a you know famous quarterback he was a starter for USC last year and they got hurt um He reclassified, did three years of high school, and then came. But it was a lot of work. I mean, you have to make sure the kid graduated high school, core courses. you got to map it all out. Here's the consequences of not making it. That's what people need to remember if you're a student athlete, thinking about doing this. If you don't make it, if you mapped it out, you think, oh, yeah, I I can do nine credits in a semester. I can take these six classes in a semester. Um, I'll jam through this and that. Not a big deal. And you fail one of the classes because you just have way too much on your plate. Mind you, you're like 16 or 17 at the time, you're a young kid, and you screw it up. You're a final non-qualifier, meaning that's it. Now you have to go to a junior college, get an AA degree, spend a couple years at the junior college, and then transfer back to the the D1 level. So you can really, really mess yourself up if you don't have a really ironed out plan and you stick to it to a T. And really what you want to do is you want to get with your high school counselor, the, the compliance office at the school and the principal. And, and that's kind of what we did at USC. we got like eight people involved in this. Parents were involved. Everybody knew the risks. Here are the risks if you don't complete this. Here's your mapped out plan. Is this possible high school for this to happen? Yes, it is. Let's get, let's get that in writing. NCAA, will you guys take a peek, peek at our plan and make sure everything lines up and you're good with it? You're good with it if they make, make it great. USC, are you guys good with this? The admissions office, are you guys good with this person graduating after their junior year and doing all these credits at once? Are these going to transfer in? Are you going to admit this kid? You need to get sign-off by admissions, the NCA, athletics, the high school. Everybody signs off on the plan, and now the kid needs to execute the plan and not screw it up. And if he does, then he can come a year early, sign the NLI
0: like they're a senior, and then they're there an entire year early. So I mean that that requires a lot of coordination. Yeah, and I guess is the compliance officer at the school. Is that is that kind of is he is he or she kind of the mediator? Is that the person who's in charge of this whole thing? Yeah, there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and so I mean that gets
1: pretty complicated. I would think. Yeah, you got to make sure that your whoever's doing your initial eligibility is spot on, and whoever's doing the. Uh, everything at the high school is spot on. Everybody's got a plan in place. Because if it's just, oh, don't worry about I'm going to graduate early. I'm going to pack a bunch of classes in. The kid might graduate early and screw it up and, and, and didn't take one of the classes he needed. Now he's a final on qualifier, and that's a, that's a savage uh, thing to happen because now you're at a JUCO. You were trying to graduate early, and now you're at a JUCO for two years trying to you know get an AA degree. So that, what a mess, Right. Yeah, So, and there's no waivers for that? I mean, there's no appeals process or something like that? I mean, I, I mean, there always is an appeal or waiver process, right? I mean, you could say, I want to do an initial eligibility waiver. I tried graduating early, and I screwed up by a class. But you're going to, again, have to show that you got misadvised maybe by somebody or some disaster happened. But if it's just like I failed the class, or I, the NC is going to kind of hold it against you and say, well, you tried graduating early. You piled all this on. You knew what you were getting into. You didn't do it. Sorry, now if you have a 3.8 GPA, really high test scores, you're probably going to have a successful waiver. But if you're like a lot of college football players, you have a 2.5 or a 2.4 or a 2.3, and I don't mean to offend anyone. There's plenty that have good grades too, but there's a lot in that range. Uh, it's just what it is. The is is going to not, not have a lot of sympathy on you like, yeah, maybe you should have tried graduating early. So really, if you're going to try to do this, make sure you're a good student or somebody that has a 3.2 GPA or higher, has decent test scores. And this is something you can actually handle. Because you're going to be taking double course load, basically, your entire uh, junior year. So you're only a junior in high school. You're 16, 17 years old. And you're doubling up at a really critical time in your life. And you're trying to balance football and, or basketball or whatever sport. And, and you got all these things you're managing. Don't bite off more than you can chew just for one extra year. But I'll tell you the, re- the main reason why athletes do this. One is if they're an elite athlete, they can get to that contract a year earlier. If they're a basketball player and they're going to be a one and done, Gosh, if you're going to get $10 million your first year, if you could get to that $10 million a year faster, you just made yourself $10 million by getting it done with high school earlier and getting to the college earlier and getting to the NBA earlier. Same with the NFL. You know, you gotta, you'd gotta have to do three years, basically, and um, you can't go to the NFL and be drafted until you're removed from high school three years. Well, if you reclassify now, it's just basically being remove two years, kind of. You sped it up a year, you got that first contract a year faster. That's the motivation for a lot of the elite athletes. Let's get to the pros faster. Let's get to that money faster. Also, I'm dominating in high school. I'm ready for that challenge of the next level. I'm ready. A lot of times it's money motivated, but there's other reasons too, but don't bite off more than you can chew. You can really hurt yourself by trying to do too much. And so you gotta really work carefully with compliance, admissions, your high school. I, I hear this over and over and over when I work in compliance a kid would be short of class or short of credit and they would say, I didn't know, or I thought, I thought this was fine, but the school didn't update their 48 H with the uh, eligibility center. What that is basically is the proof courses with the NCA, things like that. They, you have to take an active role. If you're a parent and a, and a student athlete, don't do the, Hey, this is the high school's problem. It's compliance's problem at the school. Take an active role. It's your kid. It's your future. It's your future. If you're the student athlete, don't just shove it off on other people. Be active in there. Have it make sense to you. Show the paperwork, and only reclassify if you really think you can do it and you really need to. Why are you doing it? Are you doing it to keep that contract faster? Or oh, you know,
0: what's the real purpose of it? Because it's it's harder than it seems. How often, uh, when you were at USC or at Oregon State, would you have someone, whether that be a football player or a basketball player? Uh, try to reclassify. Is that kind of a yearly occurrence of, you know, every, every couple of years or yeah, how often was it, would it happen?
1: It wasn't super often. It was a, a couple of athletes a year, maybe one athlete a year. It wasn't, it wasn't like a common occurrence. Because um, really think about it. You're going to just go through high school, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. You're going to get to college when college is ready. But every so often you'd have it happen. So I would say maybe once a year, something like that. So it was, and that's what that's why it's not so
0: frequent that you should be able to get a team around it and do it right. Well, it sounds like maybe uh, you you had more, maybe did you you may have had more requests to see if that was possible. Yes. But only a couple, one or two a year would actually be able to do
1: it. Yeah, I think that happens a lot where they thought, well, what do I need to do? Do I just graduate high school early? And it's like, well, it, that's one, st- step one of three or four, right? And you, got, you have to actually meet the eligibility requirements, the core courses, we've got to map this out. And sometimes it just was too complicated. It's like, well, I got to go do an online class uh, from Nebraska, I got to do a junior college class, I got to take five classes in high school, I'm going to have zero free time, I have a girlfriend, I'm playing sports, this is way too much, never mind, never mind. I'm not. And I, I didn't know the risk was I'm, I'm permanently, or I mean, I'm a non-qualifier, unless I get a waiver, which is doubtful. Uh, so a lot of times that you give them that information, they think, ah, eh, never mind. And, but it, I, I found that half the time, at least, or 75% of the time, they just didn't really want to. They wanted to finish out high school. That's what I would recommend, to be honest. Finish out your high school year. It's just four years, and then go to college and do your college. You know? And only reclassify if it really seems like there's some kind of money or financial you know, reason for it. If you're a top five recruit for football or men's basketball in the country, and you're going to have a pro contract almost for sure, either one year away or three years away, football or basketball, Uh, you know, baseball or whatever, maybe it's worth it to to look into that, helping to have an attorney that knows what they're doing, help you and get with your compliance office, get with your high school, get everybody on a couple of conference calls, put a bunch of things in writing, get a plan organized and and then execute it. Make sure you're a good student that's going to be able to execute execute this plan. And that's what I'd recommend.
0: All right. That sounds really good. Yeah. Just like we just talked about last, yeah. This this week has been a pretty big week for a lot of schools, yeah. And so, uh, gosh, how uh, how did USC do in their uh, early signing period? You know, I think they did okay. Uh, the national media didn't
1: think so. They were listed as one of the losers. Uh, of uh, I think there's a couple reasons for that. And the fans aren't happy. And generally, they're down. I think. I think generally they're down on retaining Clay Helton. I think overall. And there's uncertainty around the program, and recruiting was down. But here's the reality of it. And this is a little rules add on this area too. They can only sign 11 kids, is my understanding. I'm not doing the analysis there, but that's that's what I read. So, if that's the case, even if you signed all five stars, your recruit, your class is only going to be ranked so high. You only signed 11, right? For, if somebody's signing 25, it's going to look way better. So that's one. They have limited numbers to sign. So it wasn't gonna be a top five class, even if they got all five. It would have been like a top 10 class maybe. Then they need to get a lot of big uglies into USC right now. I'm talking about offensive line, defensive line, people that are six foot five, six foot six, 300, 320, 340. USC has been focusing on skill players the last two or three years, and they have an overabundance of skill players. I mean, we're loaded in receiver, Loaded at running back, and, and, and I mean, basically historic levels actually. And we loaded, have a loaded at quarterback, yeah, loaded at quarterback. We have a couple of five stars that got injured or red shirted that are going to be coming this year, so it's as if we're going to get a couple more, um, uh, you know, skill players. So they didn't need any more skill players right now. What they needed is a bunch of beef. The beef is usually rated at three star, sometimes four star. There's like one or two five stars, but it's really rare because the camps. The OLDL camps, that sort of thing, usually don't get the high rival rankings. That usually goes to quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, that sort of thing. So it looks like USC had a weak class, but they actually had a functional class. It wasn't great, they did miss out on a couple people. So it wasn't a big win, but it wasn't as big of a loss in media is making it out to be. I think they have a functional class, that they're gonna plug in, get a lot of big uglies in there, and then they're gonna probably make some staff changes, get a couple of good recruiters in there. Next year, when they can sign 25, nominated LA. They're going to be coming off a better year next year. I think they're favored to win the Pac-12. Actually, next year they might do it, or at least go to the Pac-12 championship. So a different vibe next year, and get a better class, and they'll be right back to where they are. It's just uh, they got gets a lot of attention because people are used to them having one of the best classes in the country.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully they can turn it around and be a good recruiting class next year. Yeah. Yeah. How BYU do? We did okay, pretty average Mm -hmm. for us. Uh, Got some good players, uh, some skill position players. Yeah. We've got a. We've got a. Pretty good stable of quarterbacks right now. We've got a pretty good stable of running backs, so we got a couple new running backs, couple new wide receivers, linebackers. You know, but no one, no one really special. Uh, you know, we're in the running for a couple pretty special kids who are going to sign in February. Yeah. Um, so you know, it'll be good. I think we have a good class, good solid class. Got one kid from. Uh, Matter Day, who's a wide receiver All-American, Heard about that. who uh, Epps, who's a heck of a player, mm-hmm. looks really, really good and fast. <coughs> he might be the steal of our of yeah. our um, of our uh, class this year. So we'll see how it turns out. You, know, yeah. you never know. Yeah, a lot of these kids are mission first kids, so yeah. they won't be playing for a couple of years, and you know they could get better, they could get worse, they could you know you never know. Yeah, so yeah, recruiting um, you
1: take it with the grain of salt. people always get really excited about it. If you have a good recruiting class, that means you're going to automatically be the best. And if you have a bad one, you're going to be terrible. Not necessarily. I mean, USC's got a whole history of four or five star talent that, that a lot of them turned out to complete complete busts. Oh yeah. And guess so, what? So does BYU. Yeah. Kevin. Uh, I mean, Slovis, their quarterback, starting quarterback, who had only. I mean, next year could be a top twenty candidate for the Heisman. I mean, he had an unbelievable year at the end of the year. Five hundred yards, four hundred yards. He was a three star recruit. Recruited by very few teams. And now they're looking at them and think, gosh, the Beavers would have loved to have them, you know, or Arizona or something like that. So you never really know. You know, so take it with a grain of salt. Those five stars come with a lot of drama sometimes, too, and a lot of baggage, a lot of hangers-on. And so, uh, you know, it's not always, always the best idea to just make sure you get every top recruit. Get what your needs are for the team and get better. I mean, historically, Utah does not recruit very well. They're always in the bottom of the Pac-12, and yet here they were playing for the Rose Bowl the Pac-12 Championship. They get a lot of players in the
0: NFL.
1: Yeah, so you, you never really know. So some of it's coaching, some of it's, it's not just about getting a bunch of good players. I mean, really, if you think about it, Oregon, they had a great recruiting class this year, and they did last year, too. And they've had a good year, but they also had a, a, a round one quarterback, senior, fifth-year guy. And next year, they're going to have to have a new quarterback. And so we'll see what can happen. You know, if you, you have to coach up the talent. You have to do your schemes. It's not just recruiting, but it is the lifeblood. You don't want to have bad classes three or four
0: years in a row. It's going to be tough. Well, uh, and then I'm, I'm surprised so far you haven't said anything about the shirt I'm wearing. Saving that to the last because that deserves last place. Okay, so today, to, today we're on camera here. U, the UC Santa Cruz banana slugs. Banana slugs. The banana slugs. You know, some of those California schools, like the
1: dirt bags of Long Beach State, right. banana slugs. I mean, those are cool, cool names that you want to be affiliated with. I feel like a movie was affiliated with that.
0: Yeah, that's right, yeah. I think there have been a couple movies with this. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's one of my favorite shirts. I thought I'd wear it today. My yeah, son actually picked it out for me. Oh, it's a
1: fantastic shirt. Have you been to the campus?
0: Uh, no, I have not been to the campus. Yeah, I've so driven great. by the campus, but I've not been to
1: is there an actual mascot of
0: banana slug? Banana is that, slugs? It's not like dirt bags with where it's one sport. Right. The dirtbags yes. are only the baseball Yeah, people, right. They're actually the Long Beach State 49ers yeah. for all their other programs. Right. Like all their other schools, yeah programs. But yeah, no, they are the banana slugs. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that shirt. You're welcome. Well next yeah. week we'll see another shirt. Banana slugs. Yeah, yeah. You brought last week was the gorillas. The Pittsburgh State Gorillas. And now banana slugs. I mean that's wow. Pittsburgh, Kansas, of course, as you know. Sure, of course, not PN. All right, so now tomorrow night is the start of bowl season. Yeah. So uh, the very first bowl game, do you know what it is? First bowl game, it's probably like, it's got to be like the key car care beef eater bowl type thing. It is the makers wanted Bahamas bowl. Sure, that, that's about what I would expect. Uh, it's Buffalo versus Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's must see TV. The, right the Buffalo. Bills. Bulls, close. Well, yeah, hey, no, I mean, it depends on what sport. I didn't okay. clarify. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm talking college. <laughs> okay. We're a college sports Sure, sure yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the Charlotte University of North Carolina at Charlotte, they are the. Not Tarnals, No. Because that's different. That, that's Charlotte. Yeah, so this would be a uh, minimum. 49ers. 49ers. Yeah, so who do you got in that game? 49ers. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's a good team. I think Buffalo's favorite, but well, you'll go with the 49. Absolutely. In that bowl for sure. The second game of the day is going to be the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Okay. That's a, I mean, yeah, these are amazing bowls. I want the sweatshirt for all of these bowls. So we got Utah State versus Kent State. Utah State's going to have all their players, their stud uh, quarterback. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who you got in that game Utah State Kent State Utah State this, this the state of Utah whether it's BYU Utah or Utah
1: State play well in bowl games they really do Utah doesn't play well in big games and then you saw that in the Paco Championship and against USC there's the only two ranked teams they played all year and they lost both
0: but in the postseason the state of Utah generally plays well yeah we'll talk about the Alamo Bowl here in a little bit yeah but we've got other bowl games we yeah need to bowl. absolutely okay so uh, the next bowl is the celebration Bowl which is Alcorn State versus North Carolina AT. Alcorn State, they're the. Uh, Acorns. They're the Braves, that's nice. close. Sure. And then the uh, North Carolina AT. Carolina AT. White Sox. Aggies. 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 That was not close not even, at all. Not in the ballpark. The wrong sport. All right, who do you got in that game? Alcorn State, North Carolina? Alcorn State. 100%. Okay, first. That's, that's a smart choice. First yes, one. Next game is the New Mexico Bowl. Uh, we've got Central Michigan, the Chippewas. Yeah. And versus San Diego State. You know this one. Aztecs. There we go. Okay. Absolutely. Who do you got in that game? Aztecs. Aztecs. They're good. Yeah. That's a good team. All right. Then we've got the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Wow. Which is the Liberty Flames versus the Georgia Southern Eagles. Who do you got in that game? Georgia Southern Eagles. Okay. I'm going to go with Liberty. Oh, I'm going to go against you kinda. on that one. All right. Um, okay. Really? And then we've got the Charabundi Boca Raton Bowl, <laughs> SMU versus Florida Atlantic, the Mustangs versus the Owls. Who do you got in that game? Mustangs, because they lost Lane Kiffin. They're distracted with the Owls. Well, that's well, that's Florida Atlantic that lost Lane. Kiffin, right? Oh, is this a different As, team? SMU. So you're gonna are you gonna go with SMU? You're gonna go with SMU because Florida Atlantic lost Lane. Exactly. Kiffin. Gotcha. Because of yeah, yeah. Because so SMU is gonna win. I, I think they're an improved team. And the owls are in a in a problem. Right? Okay, they're All, right. All right. Then now, the next the next bowl game is the Camilla Bowl. This is Florida International, not Florida Atlantic, versus the Arkansas State Razorbacks. Red Wolves. Red Wolves. You are way up now. Arkansas is the, yeah. was the no, Razorbacks. That's right. They have not been very good for the last couple weeks
1: Which is a shame.
0: Yeah. Good. They're a good program. They're pigs. All right. right. Now we've got the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. Biggest bowl. Okay, this is a big this is probably the biggest bowl of the day. <laughs> yeah. You got Boise State versus Washington. You you know, that, game. that is a very
1: interesting game because it's 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 Washington's coach's last, Chris Peterson's last game. Who used to coach at Boise State. Well, historically coached at Boise State. I mean what an interesting matchup that is, right? And I would say it also I think it's gonna be a very good game. I bet you Washington wins it. Uh, Peterson's going to try to go really big, go out on a high note, win it for you know win it. But that has a lot of storylines. I want to watch that game.
0: That could, there could be a lot of trick plays in that. Game. Yeah, yeah. But I think Washington wins it because Washington's dangerously and deceptively good, actually. Yeah, I mean, they, they 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 kick d the they're good. Yeah, they're, they're good. Yeah. good. Yeah. All right. And the last bowl of Saturday is the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Orleans Bowl. Okay. So we've yeah. got the. Mountaineers of Appalachian State uh-huh. versus the UAB Blazers. Blazers. Yeah. I've heard I heard, I heard that. I heard that before, yeah. UAB Blazers, man. Okay, who do you got in that yard? Appalachian State. Okay, good choice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're, they're a big time. That's a guarantee. One. Yeah. All right, now, then we skip Sunday, and then on Monday, we've got the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Who wouldn't want that switch? That's it. <laughs> and we've got UCF, University of Central Florida. Uh um, the uh Knights. The Knights got that one versus the Marshall Bears. Thundering Herd. Thundering Herd. Yeah, I, uh,
1: I knew that we are Marshall, I know Matthew McConaughey played for them. No, he coached for them. <laughs> he coached
0: for them. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> on yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It wasn't a violation.
0: <laughs> they all died to play wreck, right? That's right. That's that's that was a big and then yeah, that's great. We are Marshall, it's a great, great movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, and then the last bowl before Christmas yeah. is the game is okay. Both of us are going to be watching. I'm sure. Be Christmas even. Eve, we've got the yeah, SoFi Night Bowl. That's right, the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. Yeah. So while Santa's driving around, yeah, we're going to be watching some football. Well, that's going to be well watched because people think, oh, it's
1: Christmas Eve. No one's going to be watching it. They're going to be watching it because you're going to be back home. You're not working. You're there. You have the day off the next day, and you're looking and thinking, let's watch some football. Everybody's gonna be watching that game. It's a big game. I hope yeah. everybody's watching. Coco, Christmas tree, kids are tucked in, Santa's got the presents out on the floor, and you're watching BYU. So, who do you got? BYU. Okay. Got
0: every team from the city of Utah wins bowl games. All right. Well, I, I like that pick. I'm gonna agree <coughs> with you. Yep. All right. Well, that's that's the next week of bowl games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, you may be listening to this. Uh, uh, podcast could be Monday, uh, Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday. So, yeah, hopefully, our predictions turn out to be correct. The, uh, I think we'll be, a, I'm gonna guarantee you we're gonna be at least 80% correct. 80, okay, I'm gonna follow that okay. 80%. We'll check, yeah, and we'll be 80% correct. Okay, 80%, Kevin. yeah All right, well, I, uh, uh, anything else that you want to talk about? Well, just that, uh, next week's gonna be a wild week. It's we got Christmas coming
1: up. um, there's big balls coming out there, and uh, we have a holiday party coming up that, uh, here at Wellsburg and Green, and this is your gift. I'm excited for tomorrow, uh, which will be a little late when you guys watch this for our big Christmas holiday party. All coming together as a
0: family at Wellsburg and Green, which we are, to enjoy the holiday season. That's right. Re- absolutely. And, I hope, and, and we hope, uh, too, yeah. when talking about college sports, we hope that you all have a wonderful holiday season. A, a Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Happy New Year. We will talk again next week. We will. I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season. Absolutely. Merry Christmas.